Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Uh, let me tell you real quick about Drift Car Sharing because it is an awesome service, something that I know I'm excited to try in the future, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, the way it works is you drop your car off at their lot near Denver International Airport. It's like a five to ten minute shuttle away, and instead of paying for parking, you get to leave your car there for free, and they will rent your car out and you can make some money. Uh, even if they don't rent your car out, even if you don't get to make your 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is a day, you still uh, get your car cleaned. They'll clean it for you for free. You get to park for free. You get to save a bunch of money and you might even make money too. Your car is insured by Allstate. Uh, it's a pretty great service. And if you're trying to rent a car, Drift Car Sharing isn't just in Denver. It's in a bunch of different places. So definitely check that out before you rent a car, especially if you're under 25, because there is no under 25 fee rule. Uh, it's perfect for friends coming to visit. It's perfect to rent your car out for a summer while you're doing something else for the summer. I don't know. But definitely think about it in the future, because it's an awesome service that I'm excited to try out. And I wish that I had when I went to Eugene, because parking up at Denver International Airport is very difficult and expensive. And I actually lost my car for about 25 minutes when I got back at like 10 o'clock at night. Really frustrating and something that I hope I don't have to do again. Uh, little side action. That, but uh, the point is, if, if you want to learn more, go to drivedrift.com and they will give you more information and let you know how you can sign up. It's an awesome service. Check them out. All right. Um, it's a busy day. It's a busy week. Um, so I'm going to start by just talking through the rest of this week for you guys, just so we're all on the same page here. Uh, right now, it's Wednesday at about 3.30 that I'm recording this at Blake Street Tavern, uh, one of like the top three destinations in Colorado, probably like a top five destination in the world. If you haven't been to Bla Blake Street Tavern yet, you have to check it out. Their food is actually incredible. Um, I'm not like a big chicken tender guy because it just feels like, like if you're getting that, why not just get wings, you know? But they actually make them really good. They're so crunchy. They're so good. That's kind of been my go-to recently, but obviously they have great wings. Uh, buffalo chicken wrap is awesome. The green chili cheese fries are probably my favorite. Their nachos have like melted cheese and the nacho cheese, like the combination. It's incredible food. Um, also just an awesome place to hang out. I'm going to be back here Saturday, uh, hopefully pretty early in the day to watch some college football because I'm not going to Pullman for the Washington State game. And then, of course, watch the Buffs here. Probably record a post-game podcast from here. Um, I know the crew is off and around, you know, at least the Buffs people. Uh, Ryan Konigsberg, uh, Ali Monroy. I think Brendan Vogt was actually here. We're trying to talk Drew Creaseman and uh, Harrison Wind, a couple of former forever Buffs. I'm not supposed to say former Buffs uh, into coming. So, I mean, we're, we're all typically around watching it and it's an incredible environment like it's tough to find a seat if you get there late um i probably should say that's not not a great ad but if you go into that tailgate room it's massive probably 50 tables in there at least and it's just gonna be packed people screaming people singing the fight song great environment second only to Folsom. i hope you guys come hang out with us uh so that's saturday that's blake street tavern uh also, tonight, I guess I don't need to plug this because I'm going to be posting this right before it starts, but there's the Avs Watch Party at uh, 5 o'clock tonight, Wednesday night, at Ice House. Again, same thing, um, but at the Ice House and for the Avalanche instead of the Buffs. 
uh, giving away tickets to suites, giving away gift cards, just giving away a bunch of stuff because uh, that's what we do because we like you guys. Uh, that's Wednesday. Uh, also, this morning was Pac-12, or not Pac-12 Basketball Media Day, but Buffs Basketball Media Day. So I was out there talking to a bunch of basketball players, men's and women. Um, that's what we're mostly going to be talking about today. There are some football notes we need to get to first, but that's kind of the plan. Uh, first segment, talk about the men's team, what we learned, what they're thinking, where their mind's at. Tad Boyle actually spoke for about 30 minutes at the podium. Uh, so that was great. And then in the second segment, I have a couple short interviews uh, with a couple of the women's team members, Peanut Tuitele and uh, Aubrey Knight. And they were a lot of fun. And honestly, like I've been studying up on the men's basketball team, so I'll be ready for the season because, I mean, if you haven't heard, bus basketball, very good, a lot of fun. Everybody back, their top nine guys. And they were picked second in the Pac-12. I think they were. I think Oregon got like 292 points, and the Buffs got 289 or something like that. 88. So it's going to be really tight, tied in first place votes, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully you guys are excited about that too. But I don't know all that much about the women's team, and so instead of me talking about what I heard and putting it in context, I just had a couple of them talk with me. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy that as well. And as we get closer to the season, I'm hoping to get some more basketball players, men's players on for a longer show, maybe like a full breakdown show. Um, honestly, the stuff with Taylor Korniak and JJ Tompkins, shout out to JJ, by the way, uh, now the all-time saves leader at the University of Colorado. Uh, it's too bad that's because she just got shelled against UCLA, actually held her own uh, against UCLA and USC, both both games the Buffs lost, but they were both putting up. I think they both got double-digit sh- shots on goal, and JJ kept it close because she's incredible at what she does. Uh, friend of the podcast, proud of her. That's a, an awesome record to have. Okay, uh, we are getting into this podcast, and I have said almost nothing, but uh, I should say tomorrow, Thursday, uh, at 2 o'clock, the tailgate opens before the Broncos game. I'm going to be out there. Uh, we give away free beer and food. Like, there's no excuse not to go. I'm going to be drinking a lot of that free beer and eating a lot of that free food. And then the Broncos are going to beat the Chiefs, and it's going to be a great day. A uh, lot of tailgating, though. Friday, I don't think there's much going on Friday. So that, that, that'll that actually be pretty nice. Uh, but then Saturday, of course, Washington State plays uh, Colorado in Pullman. I think it's a 5 o'clock start, 5.30, something like that. Um, we'll be at Blake Street Tavern for that. A lot of stuff going on. Should also say Buff Soccer uh, playing Arizona State at 1 on Saturday. So I think I'm going to try to pull that double header, get up to Boulder, watch the soccer game, get back down here a couple hours before kickoff and see what's going on in the college football world. That's a long ways out. And obviously there's a lot going on before then, so we'll see what actually happens. But there's a quick rundown of kind of what's up in the DNVR world and hopefully in your world too because we really like having you around. And you know, like, this watch party where we're having, like, we're giving away tickets to a suite, and your odds are incredible because, you know, we did poll like a few hundred people to those uh, playoff watch parties, but there's no way we get a playoff turnout tonight, I don't think. So shoot your shot. You should be shooting your shot every time we get you an opportunity. Plus, like, if you want to come hang out with me, I would love to see all of you because. I know you don't all leave all your comments, and I really do want to hear what you think because there, there are a lot of takes you could have about this football team. And also you get to meet each other. You know, Could you imagine like Silver Buff and Sunny Rain just hanging out? I don't know. That's the type of stuff I dream about. Okay, uh, probably time to move on now. We're going to talk about Brendan Rice. Okay. Uh, most exciting news in Boulder in a while. Um... Maybe since the Nebraska win, this is kind of like the big thing that's happened since then. I don't think that that's a hot take. Uh, so this is incredible. Uh, Brendan Rice from Arizona, son of uh, NFL Hall of Famer and best receiver to ever live, Jerry Rice, uh, committed to Colorado on Tuesday, which is pretty cool. Released a video. Um Pretty dope video. It puts a couple of his catches in there where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, he is Jerry Rice's kid, isn't he? 
crazy quick after the catch. Uh, only a three-star recruit, but he was getting some four-star hype as well. Um, one of the best recruits of this class, joining a couple other receivers uh, who who should do big things for Colorado going forward. We've been following Brendan Rice here on the podcast, and to see all this happen is just awesome. Also, want to mention that immediately after it happened, he sent out some other tweet like saying something. I can't remember what it was. But Chad Johnson Jr., who I did not research to make sure he's actually the son of Chad Johnson, but it would make a lot of sense if he is the son of Chad Johnson, uh, quote tweeted and said, uh, "You weren't. I'm, I'm sure you weren't the number one on our board. It was whoever the name of Arizona State's top recruit is, because that's where Chad Johnson Jr. is going. That's also uh, w- one of the schools that Brendan Rice had narrowed it down to. Um, so you get that, and then Brendan claps back in a now deleted tweet saying, "Hey, it's good for both of us. You'd have had to spend, or like, you you have had to spend some time on the bench." Something like that if I were out there. So that's a rivalry that's going to be a bunch of fun between Jerry Rice's kid and Chad Johnson's kid. Two receivers in the Pac-12. You know, that Arizona State game, pretty big game, if you remember. Uh, First road win for Colorado. Both Pac-12 South teams. Both Pac-12 South teams who seem to be on the rise. You know, you look at Jaden Daniels out there. You look at Mel Tucker out here. I would love for that to turn into a rivalry. And sure, like Arizona, Arizona State's always probably going to overshadow it for Arizona State. But at the same time, you know, we talk about who could this rivalry be with for Colorado in the Pac-12. And right now, that's kind of where I'm looking. That was a big win. That was a close win. Uh, Next year, if you have Jaden Daniels and Brendan Lewis going back and forth to young mobile quarterbacks... That'd be a lot of fun. They're slinging the ball to Jerry Rice's kid and Chad Johnson's kid who are already uh, talking on Twitter. Uh, you know, you could see it. You could see how it would happen. Um, okay, I think I think we're going to get into... Maybe, I, I think we do have some comments. So we'll get into some football stuff later to, in the show. Uh, and then, obviously, Thursday, Friday show, heavy football. And then we'll get the post-game show up Saturday night after the buffs hopefully beat washington state um we'll be going through you know all the stuff we learned in the press conferences the last couple days this air raid offense kind of talking about the personnel for washington state on offense and defense and excited about that because you could see how the buffs could win this game you know it's it's not a hot take I i don't think they're favored but uh there's a path even on the road you know Steven Montez wasn't himself last week. He bounces back, though. That's the book. Um, we are already 10 minutes into this first segment and haven't gotten started talking about what I want to talk about. This might be a little bit longer show. Okay. The men's basketball team. Heard from all of them. Everybody's super busy. Chaos. Reporters everywhere. Great media turnout. You know, I haven't been around, obviously, to see what the media turnout for this event has been over the last few years. I would guess this is more. Uh, McKinley Wright had a massive, massive swarm around him. You know, Evan Batty's chilling in a chair back behind the uh, end line. You, you, I don't know. You, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to the, these guys, a couple of them, a, f- a couple of times, and so I kind of get it. I kind of get their vibe. But seeing them all back to back to back to back, um, seeing their personalities for 10, 15 minutes at a time, you start to see it. You start to see McKinley is this intense, fiery point guard leader. You see Evan Batty is his, I mean, not, I mean, kind of goofy, kind of a funny guy. You know, he was talking about how he wants to be Nikola Jokic inside and Paul Millsap when he's playing that trailer spot. Love, we love hearing uh, local athletes talk about other local athletes here at DNVR. That's like one of our favorite things, those crossovers. Um, it's cool to see that Evan Batty's paying attention to what's going on locally. Also cool that he wants to be like those two guys because those are two guys who are, are good role models, good guys to mold your game after. But uh, the Jokic comp, kind of get it. You know, he's a good passer, all that kind of stuff, very skilled, but also just the personality, like the smiley, always having a little joke, you know, that kind of stuff. Tyler Bay, again, pretty pretty serious. Uh, I had never talked to him when he was standing up before, last time he was sitting, but standing next to him, 
it's just so obvious that he is an NBA player. Uh, he was a guy who could have gone to the draft last year. Right now he's being mocked somewhere in like the 17-16 range, just outside the lottery in this year's NBA draft. Uh, assuming he does declare, he probably will. I don't know why he wouldn't at this point. This seems like kind of what everything's been building toward. Um, but enough of, about how these guys look and talk. We should talk about what they talked about. And again, this is that same stuff that they were talking about uh, on the first practice of the year when they said, you know, we are the we are the hunted. We aren't the hunters. We're getting everybody's best shot. We we know that we can be these top dogs. Now it's going time to just go out there and prove it. Um, they opened their season up against Arizona State in Shanghai, China, which is a weird place to play a basketball game. The first time any Buffs team has played a game in Shanghai. And I doubt that's surprising anyone, but they're really excited. They're talking about how it's a bonding experience. You know, Evan was talking about how uh, he, it's a 15-hour flight. And he's going to have to sit there next to somebody for 15 hours. Turns out the big guys get the exit row. Makes sense. Uh, that's the type of hard kidding question I ask. Who are you sitting next to for 15 hours? But yeah, so big guys get the exit row. Um, but they're excited for a lot of things. Obviously basketball. Tad Boyle did a great job. He was asked in his 30-minute press conference, what are you most excited about for this China trip? And, you know, it's pretty obvious the answer there has to be the basketball game. But then he did speak about some of the other things that you get to you get to work on. And that's, you know, spending time together. Uh, these guys are excited to go on the road, go try different things. Uh, they, they've all been talking about uh, the, the world's biggest Disney world, I guess, is in Shanghai. And they're going to that. It was... I think it was one of the first three things mentioned by every buff who was asked about what they're excited for. Um, I wish I could see it. I wish I could see all these like six, seven to seven foot tall guys trying to get on these rides. I wonder how many, I don't know how many they can even get into. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, Tad Boyle was asked about whether they have captains and he had an interesting response. Um, one that I think I like, I really like how he explained it. And he said, no, we don't have captains. We may in the future. We may by the start of the season. Uh, and you'll remember that famously Mel Tucker decided no captains this year. Next year, there'll be captains this year. He just doesn't know the guys well enough, I guess, to say this guy's a captain. This guy's not. Uh, the Broncos coach Vic Fangio did the same thing. But Tad, Tad explained why. Uh, he said that he said, I've never been a captain guy, but I never say never. There's some guys on this team who deserve it. And then he said, guys like McKinley Wright are guys who could deserve it. But a guy like McKinley Wright does not need to be empowered by being given the captaincy. He's somebody who's already going to be a, a leader, acting like a captain, whether you give him the designation or not. And by naming captains, you... you you not only risk giving it to a guy who isn't deserving, but you also risk giving it to somebody who or, or giving it to people and having other players on the team who would normally step up and become leaders kind of back off a little bit because they aren't the captain. Uh, and I had never really thought through all of that before, but it does make sense when you do have a strong leader like McKinley Wright. Why do you need to put the C on his chest? He knows what it is. And when you have that strong leader at the top, maybe you could empower another guy to take a little step forward that way, but you could also be stopping somebody else. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing he talked about. Um, I think there was some talk earlier this week that uh, Tad Boyle could be employing a little more zone in this year's defense, but he said zone is a four-letter word in my vocabulary, not that we won't use it. Uh, he, he said pretty harshly that, that he's still a man-to-man -man coach. He's still going to do primarily man-to-man. -man. Um, he, you know, but he also said that it is something that we have, something that we can pull out so we can catch guys off guard, um, catch teams off guard. Uh, they were running some 1-3-1 zone in their practice, and he said that was just because other teams are going to run it against us, and so we need to know how it works so that we can beat it. Makes sense to me. Um, 
I'd never, I, I mean, I've, I've heard Tad Boyle talk in like four minute stints. Um, I, I met him a couple times, but to see him at the podium um, actually just speaking for 30 minutes, it's impressive. And, I, and you can tell that he's a smart guy, somebody who's very well thought out. Um, maybe not quite as up in the clouds as Mel Tucker can be in that he just gets theoretically, every time Mel Tucker talks, you're like, oh, wow that's something that I can apply to my own life. Whereas Tad Boyle is just a bit more down to earth and not up in the clouds, explaining the whole zone thing in very detailed terms. Mel, on the other hand, would love to talk about the theory behind how he teaches players. You know, it's just different types of guys. And I really respect both of them. And I really do enjoy listening to them talk. Um, He also talked about how they have everybody back. They also add Dallas Walton, the uh, seven-foot center, who should be a pretty big factor this year coming back from a knee injury. And they add Maddox Daniels, a Juco transfer, a guy who he says, I think he said, might be their best three-point shooter. Uh, don't quote me on that. Now that I think of it, that might have been a different conversation. But um, the the point is, not only are they not losing guys, they're also adding guys. And that means that the minutes are going to be pretty short. Um, Here's the quote from Tad Boyle on that. The only way I keep everybody happy is if we have complete buy-in that we're playing for the name on the front of the jersey instead of the name on the back. There aren't enough minutes to go around. So there you have it. He also said, you know, there might be guys who become upset, guys who think that they deserve more time. And if that's the case then hopefully they're winning. Because when you're winning, you have guys like that. It's no big deal. If you're losing, you have guys like that. That's when it becomes toxic. Um, talked a lot about the depth. I talked a lot about how they're trying to build off last year's hot, or, yeah, hot finish, turn it into a hot start this year. And again, all reports are very positive coming out of their camp. It'd be a terrible sign if there was anything not positive coming out because that's just the way camp works. Um, he was also asked, so this is Tad Boyle's 10th year as the Buffs head coach. He was asked if, uh, he puts pressure on himself. If he feels, if he feels some pressure, uh, to, to succeed because they haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2016, I believe. So if they go this year, this would be the 2020 tournament. So they missed three in a row. Um, and, and he said, I put pressure on myself every day. Every year we don't go to the tournament, I'm disappointed. I haven't put any more pressure on myself this year than I have in years past. You know, and there's there's debate about whether Tad could be on the hot seat. You know, this is the most exciting team that the Buffs have had in quite a while, mostly because Tyler Bay came back. He decided to keep playing instead of going to the NBA, whereas Derek White, Spencer Dinwiddie, Andre Robertson... They're all guys who, they're all guys who decided to go to the NBA when they could have stuck around, and that definitely hurt the Buffs' chances. Now, now they have everybody that they want to have, everybody that they're supposed to have. It's an exciting year. Uh, I think that's it for uh, the men's basketball team. Uh, after the break, I'll come back and talk about the women's team and play a couple interviews that I have with uh, Peanut and Aubrey. Uh, but before we talk about them, I do have to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, uh, the official beer of DNVR. I, I almost think that in the past I've read that read as BSN Denver. It might be written as that. And so when I'm like looking through the notes, doesn't matter. It's the official beer of DNVR. Uh, we drink a lot of it. I'm going to drink a lot of it before that game tomorrow. I think I had like five before the last Bronco game. Tomorrow's going to be a full day of tailgating. I might try to top it. We'll see. Depends on how I'm feeling about the Broncos, I guess. Such good beers. Strawberry Sky, United in Orange. Uh, you know, all the ones that we always talk about. I just picked up another uh, sampler today, like the 15-can sample. You get three of five different beers. Uh, picked up some more Strawberry Sky. And that's uh, going to be our weekend because I have friends coming down from Montana to go to the Bronco game tomorrow. It'll be their first DNVR tailgate, too. Uh, they get to see what this whole thing is about. And I might have to get them to give some reviews. Spoiler, it's just the best, and you should definitely be there. These people are all just a party. Um, back to the beer, though. 
definitely check them out if you haven't yet. Use their beer locator on their website. If you want to try the Strawberry Sky, just type Strawberry Sky into the thing, put in your zip code, and it will tell you where to get that beer. So do that. And also, I am excited to tell you about Total Beverage, which is where I stopped on my way back from Boulder to the Blake Street Tavern uh, to pick up all of my Breckenridge beer. And here's something that I learned. So so we are like members there somehow. I don't really understand. But as part of our partnership with them, we get a little bit of a discount so that we go up there more, so that we have more experiences, so we have things to talk about and say, wow, it was really great being in there. Because guess what? It is always great being in there. That should be a sign, first of all, now that I think of it. When they say the best way for you to speak well of us is to spend more time with us, that's a confident company and they deserve to be. Point is, I went up there, and if you haven't heard, if you use our code DNVR2019, you can get 30% off at Total Beverage. Uh, 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. That's easy to do. You have to do it online or in the app, but that's even better because you do it online. They will set it all aside, and you can come pick it up, or if it's an order of at least $50, they will deliver it to you for free. It's a great deal. They deliver all over the place point is, I figured me being special, having my code, uh, having my card, my membership, it would be better for me to just like buy all my stuff, show them that, and uh, get it on my way. Turns out, you guys are saving about 20% or twice as much money as we are with this DNVR 2019 code. Uh, it really is an incredible deal. I've never seen anything like it from a liquor store. Maybe that's because I'm only 22, but... 30% off is just a steal. I decided that I was going to get a bottle of something that's a little more expensive than what I would usually get, but then pay the same price as I would normally pay. And I'm so excited because I'm about to go flex on all my friends down from Montana and say like, yeah, this is the stuff that, yeah, you know, you know, that's my plan. But also if you just want to save money and keep drinking the same thing, never a bad plan. Check them out. The code is DNVR2019. Get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. Um, yeah, so that's the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Um, before I turn it over to me from Boulder with Peanut and then me from Boulder with, uh, Aubrey, I think, I think I got to talk to Peanut for like three minutes before they pulled her away. I think I got to talk with Aubrey for like six minutes before they pulled her away. Um, some interesting stuff. Uh, some of it relevant, some of it not. Uh, sometimes the less relevant stuff is better, in my opinion. And we're going to try to keep making these things as weird as possible. I, I did realize that like, when you're doing something like this with Taylor and JJ for a full hour, you you like build a little more rapport. So it is like weird just jumping in, trying to explain my podcast in 30 seconds and saying, okay, here we go. And then throwing questions out. But yeah, it's a blast. Something that we're going to do more of because I think that you guys probably enjoy it. Everybody I've talked to has said that they've really enjoyed this type of stuff. Point is, um, women's basketball team at Colorado struggling. Uh, head coach J.R. Payne, now in her fourth year, uh, hasn't been able to turn it around. She, I mean, you can't put it all on her. They, they did lose... Uh, a bunch of players to injury last year for some of their younger players to step up. Um, lost some, I think they lost more in the tournament even. Not going to lie, like I said earlier, I've started to figure out how this men's basketball team works. Like I get like, oh, this is probably what the rotation is going to look like. Like here's how these guys interact with each other. And I still need to go back and watch a bunch of film just to like make sure I'm in the right place on all that stuff before the season starts. It's been a blast learning about them, by the way. They are incredible. I'm like a step or two behind that in the women's basketball world. But they were picked 12th in the Pac-12 uh, conference. They lost their two seniors, uh, their two leaders. And you'll hear those two be referenced in uh, the interview with Aubrey, how it's kind of weird not having them, but also freeing. Um, I think that that pretty much sums it up. Oh, in case you hadn't heard, the Pac-12's women's basketball conference is not on the downswing like the men's is. Uh, 
Sabrina Ionescu is one of the best college basketball players ever. She's probably my favorite ever. I'm super excited to see her play. She's going to be here in Boulder in February. Like, you can't miss her. Like, I've probably watched six women's college basketball games on TV in my entire life, and four or five of them were Sabrina in those tournament runs last spring. Got to the Final Four. This isn't a Ducks podcast, though. The point is, lots of very good good talent, a bunch of the best talent in the country is in the Pac-12, and that just makes everything even more challenging. All right, I'm going to play those now, and we'll talk just a little bit more about this on the other side. All right, I'm here at Buffs Basketball Media Day with Pina Tutele. Yep. Forward for the, do you guys call yourselves the Lady Buffs? Just the norm, is it just Buffs, Buffaloes? It's either or, like Lady Buffs, Buffs. Okay. There's no no preference? No preference. Okay. I'll come up with my own name. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're just kind of hanging out here outside, uh, you know, having a good time. Um, I read that you are double jointed. Yes, I so, so, am. So, so what is that about? Like, like so, where are you double jointed, first of all? I'm double jointed in my right arm. And so what I can do is I can twist it all the way around without any pain or any sort of like... Oh, really? Like, uncomfort feeling. Like, I can just do it. Does that feel like... And I, like, my elbows don't go straight, <laughs> so it's like... Oh, so like you have to like work to get it like yeah, straight to, instead of going too far. When I was a kid, like my follow through, I was like, "Oh, did you break your arm?" I'm like, "No, no, I'm just double jointed, guys." Huh? And like, did you get rid of that then? So that, like, if um, did, just like muscle memory still? and like huh. shortening like my extension, because if I overextend, it's like that. Oh wow! So that's why I like shorten my. This probably arm. doesn't make for great audio because you guys can't see, but her arm definitely does twist a weird way. Does that ever like come in, come in handy? Like, have you have uh, you ever like yeah, used it? Yeah, when I have um, when it's a jump ball and someone's trying to rip okay. her away from me and like my arms kind of discombine like in an awkward position, it doesn't hurt me because I'm double jointed and so I can like slip my arm out without it hurting. <laughs> and huh. other people I see like oh, 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 but for me, it's yeah. like, I don't feel anything. No, you could totally use that. Like, do you yeah. ever just like hold your arm straight so they think they have you and then just at the last second just like pop yeah. it back and see <laughs> yeah oh Sometimes that's incredible like jump balls like to get out of it i just like whoop, maneuver my arm out oh sometimes girls will be aggressive oh really and, like ripping the ball trying to like rip it out of my hands like nope <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we should probably talk just a little bit about basketball mm-hmm. too uh because that's why we're here but uh i mean what are your thoughts on the season like what's it like being picked 12th in the Pac-12 like do you ignore that do you use it as motivation like what's um what's the thought process there for me I'm not ignoring it I'm using it as a motivation because I want to prove people that um numbers and like the rankings aren't who we are as a team and as a yeah. ball club and you know like last year it was really tough for us because we had several injuries and people stepping up but you know I think this year like coach Jay said at media day for who we are this year and like the connectiveness and unity we has as a team I'm really excited for because you can tell at practice that our chemistry is there we compete but at the end huh. of the day we know we're teammates huh and so and so that is something that you think about then like we they called us number 12 you don't just ignore it oh no huh I take that personally to do you the guys heart. talk about it often does um, it come up mm, it like you can see it like with our drive and like okay. competitiveness and like what we are willing to do in order to be successful like you can just see it like we took it all personally huh and so and so like again like a lot of people from outside don't don't see that like what will surprise them about your team this year um i think um what's gonna surprise them is definitely like our hype because we okay. are a like big team like, like like bench stuff like oh, you guys yeah. have celebrations like, or anything planned oh like we to got towel that. time you'll see okay. what towel time okay. is that's our that's our thing okay all right, uh, it was awesome having you on. We got to move along because you have to go to practice. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll do this again sometime. We are back in now with uh, Aubrey Knight, who we are really excited to talk to. We got Peanut on. Uh, you were here for part of that. You heard some of this talk about you guys being picked 12th in the Pac-12. Yes. Again, like, what's that like for you? Um, I think for me, I was kind of expecting it. Like it okay. wasn't like a shock just yeah. because I mean, how we finished last year and from the outside view, we lost two of the faces of our team that were here for four years, you know, for those four years, they were the face of our team. And I think on the outside, people see them leaving and like, oh, who do they have? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think 
like what Peanut had said, like we're gonna surprise people. I think that people are underestimating us and that's exactly what we want people to do right now. Underestimate us, look over us, that's fine. But when we come into that game, you're gonna know that you cannot underestimate us because we are coming in hot, we are fired up and uh, we are not gonna take 12th this year. We're not gonna allow that to happen. So I think that people are gonna People are going to yeah. be surprised. No, I love it. And like the, the Pac-12 is a tough conference too. Yes, I mean, it is. I know I'm excited to see Sabrina Ionescu and Oregon come in beginning of February. Yeah. Like, like what's it like playing against all these teams? Like, um, Honestly, it is one of the most amazing things. I came into this school knowing that I was going to play the best and that's exactly what we're doing. And that's what I wanted. And that's what everyone here signed up for is you're coming into one of the best conferences in the country knowing well that every night in and out, you're going to be playing some of the best teams. And that's how you get better. That's how you grow as a person. You can't just go in and play these easy teams and expect to see growth. It's you have to play these hard teams in and out every single day. And that's exactly what we're doing. And we're going to be one of those hard teams that people have to face every night too. So, yeah, you know, the the men's team has talked a lot about how there's like this different vibe for them. Like they feel like now, now that they're like the hunted, not the hunter that even in practice, they feel that, that they are, you know, they're, they're acting differently. Is, is there anything like that? Does, does this year feel different than last year in any it way? It does. It feels a lot different. I think like the chemistry of this team is something that I've never seen before. Um, we're all just like really close off the court, which definitely translate on the court. And we've had lots of discussions early on in summer and we spent a lot of time together in summer and just talked about where we wanted to go. And we knew that people were going to underestimate us, but we knew that that's not what we wanted. And so each day in practice we come in and we work harder than the last day and yeah obviously it's not easy coming in and practicing for long periods of time but um we're just like coming in and holding each other accountable and just doing things that i've never seen here yeah and so so like from the outside you know people like me who talk about sports or like the listeners who listen to things about sports and Mm -hmm. watch sports you know we we don't we aren't in college locker rooms like we don't know what it's like you you hear chemistry and hear that that's such an important piece yeah it's something that teams need and that it really does have an effect on how many games you win Mm -hmm. but but it's kind of hard to see how that impact happens you know so 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 what is that chemistry doing for you Um, I think it's just definitely translating on the court and us like holding each other accountable. Like I had said, like it's easy to come in and work hard and you know, you don't always have to like everyone on your team, but it's hard when you don't have a relationship with someone to be able to say something to them and then take it in the right way. So it's like the negative. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you want a team that can hold each other accountable and you want a team that can call each other out. You don't want the coaches to always be doing that. And so when you have an actual relationship with your teammates deeper than just on the basketball court, it allows you to be able to have those co- hard conversations in that split moment and understand that we're coming from a good place and understand that we're just trying to get better and just move on from it. Cause that's what basketball is, right? You just gotta move on to the next play. You can't drag on to what had already happened. And so I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I'm noticing on this team. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's a little surprising to hear that that's coming now though, like because you, you do lose two of your big leaders that now you guys have that chemistry, now that you have that bond. Like what, what is anybody stepping up into those roles? Have, yeah, I mean, we yeah. have a lot of people stepping up into those roles. Actually, it's not just coming from like one or two people. And I think that's, that's the big thing is last year we relied on Kennedy and Lex and obviously mm-hmm. we're going to miss them on the basketball court, but we relied in two seconds, like 10 seconds on the shot clock, who we're going to get the ball to, them to. But now it's more of a, like a team and you can't win games with just individual players. You have to win games with the team. And so I think this year we have multiple people trying to step up into those leadership roles and step up into those roles. So in that 10 second clock, if we have the ball in any of our guards hands, we can trust that they're going to get it done instead of being like panicking and trying to find where Ken and Lex are, find where this one person is on the court, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I think that's like a big thing and we're moving towards it. We're obviously not where we want to be. It's still early. Um, but there's definitely steps being brought into that direction. What's what's like the one thing that you want to clean up about your game right now? My confidence. I think oh, coming interesting. off of an injury last year yep. um, it has been really hard for me, especially it, it was a reoccurring injury. I had two surgeries, so it's something that I'm trying to like work towards and trust my body and trust my shoulder. Um, so definitely like my confidence and obviously just like my shooting and ball handling, but I think the biggest thing for me is I know that I can shoot and I know that I can dribble the ball. Obviously, there's obviously more growth that needs to be done and every day I'll put in that work. But the biggest thing for me is just like being able to trust my body and trust that my body's going to be there and support it. All right. That's uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks for coming. Maybe we'll do this again. Yeah. Nice yeah. to meet you. All right. Uh, so there it was. Um, I don't even know where to start. Maybe we should have done this one at a time, not think of it. But with Peanut, obviously weird. I wish you guys could have seen the way her arm was bending. 
uh, it's honestly just kind of strange, but also I could see how it could be beneficial. Um, maybe only in the basketball world, uh, but some interesting stuff there. Of course, Aubrey talking about the chemistry. I think that that's always interesting. That's one of those things that it's tougher for outsiders to gauge than a, a lot of other aspects of sports, especially college sports, just because, you know, we don't get to see them on the field. I, they do have open basketball practices, so we do get to see that. But, you know, when it comes to football, you don't get to go out there and see how everybody's interacting. You don't know if there's a fight. You don't know if any of that sort of negative stuff is happening. Um, so we don't know what's happening, but also just interested to hear her perspective on how it's kind of changing the team. Love talking to both of them. Would love to have both of them back on at some point. Um, we'll see how it goes. Definitely going to try to get a couple of the men's players on with with Pac-12 or for I keep saying that for with Buffs Media Day, they're just so busy going back and forth and they're constantly swarmed by however many players. It's not like football media day where I was able to like get a couple of the guys off to the side. Um, it was, I mean, because with football you have like 50 guys to pick from who are in that room as opposed to the seven or eight we probably saw. So that's probably for the best. Uh, I do think that the longer form formats are a little bit better, a little more interesting. And that's something that I'm going to be working on for you guys. Uh, as always love the feedback. Um, I think that that's going to wrap up our basketball talk for the day. Uh, we'll dig back into this before the season starts in a few weeks, uh, get like a formal preview, maybe get a couple of the guys on, um, and, and that's when we'll kind of start to make this a football and a little bit of basketball podcast instead of football and then maybe randomly talking about other stuff like it is now. Um, yeah, but before I get to your questions, and I think we have a few, I get to tell you guys about rubber again. Honestly, if I could just make this whole podcast about rubber, I wouldn't complain. I, I seriously love this read. Um, I was thinking about like Googling how all this works. I think I said I was going to just so I could come from a more educated place when I talk about die cut gaskets and uh, custom hoses. But then I realized that you guys, if you are people who need die cut gaskets, I'm guessing this is mass produced stuff and custom hoses, then you would probably like already know it you know you wouldn't if, if you need it you'd know it you don't need me to explain it to you so i think it's more fun if i just don't know what i'm talking about point is denver rubber company is a reliable local partner for all of your projects long term um they've been around since 1972 it's all high quality stuff they're really smart people they can help you design your products make sure that it's made from the right sort of rubber because as we learned yesterday on the draft podcast, multiple types of rubber. You, you can't just say rubber because <sighs> I, I honestly don't know. But uh, the point is they will get you all set up, fulfill all of your rubber needs. It's cost effective. It'll meet your requirements. They'll, they'll work with you from the very first step from designing it all the way until the product is in your hands. Um, from what I've heard, great people. You probably aren't surprised to hear that I haven't had too many direct interactions with the Denver Rubber Company, given that, you know, I'm a 22-year-old who doesn't, like, I couldn't change a tire. No way I could change a gasket. Um, Denver Rubber Company, call them today, 1-800-259-0010, or you can visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR, and then they know that we sent you. And I will get credit for probably butchering this. Um, again, aerospace stuff, pharmaceutical stuff, construction, medical, military, electronics. You need rubber. Denver Rubber Company's your guy. Okay. Um, oh, while I was doing that, I was going to pull up the questions, but I actually didn't. Um, but like I said, tomorrow we're going to dig into the press conferences. There was some interesting stuff. Uh, we're getting to the point in the season where we've we've kind of picked Mel's brain on all of the different like deep things that you can talk about if that makes sense like what's your approach to a given situation you know we we've kind of gone through all of those steps and so there isn't a lot more to like ask him in that regard um but still some interesting stuff definitely stuff worth knowing um and i pulled it up 
four comments. First one from K Harris four four four. Am I crazy, or would it be fun to see Visca take some punt kick returns in the WSU game? I don't want him getting hurt, but C.D. Lamb does it for Oklahoma, and UCLA scorched Washington State on some big returns when they played. Just seems like it could create a spark if we need it at the right time and another way for Visca to get involved and show off his talents. He just needs to hold on to the ball. Oh, I love this. Um, Kay Harris, I think this is the first time we've actually heard from you, so welcome. Uh, glad you're here. Um... We had a bunch of debates early in the season, before the season, during camp, before camp even, about whether LaVisca Chenault should be returning punts, whether the strategy should be to just get the ball in his hands in any way. And we did see him catch punts. Um, We saw him uh, in the open practice back there catching balls, running them back a little bit. But uh, that was kind of just the start of a whole bunch of speculation. And... I think it was like a couple days later, a week later, I actually asked LaVisca, like, hey, do you want to be returning punts? And he was like, nah, it's just something I do for practice. And that kind of killed that whole debate right there. But at this point in the season, I do think it's interesting to bring it back up again. Maybe somebody's takes have changed. Um, three and three, you've seen where they could use a little bit of a burst back there. Not that KD or, you know, uh, Dimitri have been all that bad returning, but why not? Why not check it out? Uh, maybe because LaVisca keeps getting hurt. Like I've said, like I think, I don't know that I've said on this podcast, I have said it on the draft podcast, but you know, these injuries are not related. Uh, I know for a fact this last one is not something to be concerned about. It's just, it's just fluky stuff. And the, the problem for LaVisca is that he takes three hits on every play, every time he catches the ball, because the first guy's not taking him down. And so, and so if, if you're, saying how is he getting hurt when he's getting these 10, 12, 15 touches a game when he's healthy, multiply that by three and then you kind of start to get the picture. Uh, That's my take at least. At the same time, just imagine him back there. Just imagine what he'd do. CeeDee Lamb doing it, definitely a good point. CeeDee Lamb, probably the best receiver in the country so far this season. I I don't know. what I, I would love to see it. I definitely understand why you wouldn't do it. I think I had this, this was also on last week's draft podcast. We kind of talked about Phil Lindsay with the Broncos. Or no, that was the, the Denver the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm on too many podcasts. Um, actually, guesting on another. Uh, Going to do like a phone interview uh, tomorrow. And I'll, I'll like tweet out the link, plug it when it happens. But uh, yes, I have said, you know, Phil is not used correctly. Um, I think that the coaching staff for the Broncos might be, they're, they're overthinking it. They're trying to keep him safe. They're trying to make the smart decision when sometimes you just have to think about how do you win football games? And for the buffs, this Washington state game might be a time when you say, you know what, this could go wrong. We could lose him for a week or two after, but this is a game that we have to win. And our best chance to do that is to get the ball in LaVisca's hands as much as possible. I do think there are games where that has to be the case. Is this one of them? Eh, maybe. I'm not so sure. Uh, if you guys have takes on this, and I'm guessing most of you are going to say no again because that's where we were before, uh, I'd love to start this discussion up again. Maybe not for as long as we've had it before, but just to kind of like check in, see how things are going. Might have to do this with some of the other discussions we've had. Uh, this one coming in from Zero Mark Thirty, uh, he said, "How about this incoming recruiting class? Lots of star power. Hopefully, the momentum can keep going on the defensive side." Yes, yes. Um, thank you for saying that because there were a few more things I want to say about the Brendan Rice signing, which is so huge, um, remarkably huge. They also have oh no. Oh, Ashad Clayton. There we go. Fastest I've remembered his name so far in the week or so since the Buffs offered him. Same day he gets the Buffs offer, he uh, he sets up a visit for November 8th. That's the Stanford game. There we go. Uh, I, I'm starting to get all this stuff in my head, and that's pretty cool. Uh, not quite there with the women's basketball team. Getting there with the men's team. But... Pretty exciting because he said that he wants to have it figured out, have his decision figured out before the end of his high school football season. And, of course, those don't last very long, and it's probably going to be pretty quick after he takes his visit to Colorado. There's a good chance Colorado is going to be the last school to talk to him. And 
I know I've said all this without explaining who he is, and we may have talked about him before. I can't remember. We talk a lot. But he is a little bowling ball who's also lightning fast. He's quick. He jukes people out of his shoes. He can run them over. He finishes his runs. He's a four-star by some counts. I mean, he's usually right around ninth in the country in terms of running backs. He's the best running back in Louisiana. Uh, He's close with Alvin Kamara. He's from New Orleans. Um, Or at least he posts more pictures with Alvin Kamara than you'd expect a person to. So that's cool. Um, Also, he looks pretty cool in him. He doesn't look like he's fanboying. Uh, probably not the most important details, but there's a chance that he will come in and be the Buffs' top recruit. Um, again, he's pretty much... It, it's still looking like it's going to be LSU. He's, he's pulled the Alabama offer, the Georgia offer, the whoever you want to name. He's pulled the offer because he's just that talented. But he's taking a visit to Colorado, and even that alone is pretty exciting. Hopefully they can do something with it. All of a sudden, I don't think that there's been a recruiting class like that I can't speak to the Buffs history but it's been a while I guarantee it uh the skill position players going forward are just going to be incredible uh and that's exciting on the other side of the ball defensively uh not quite so hot it's still working of course again they, they pull in a couple I mean they pull in a four star two four stars all of a sudden this narrative flips they just haven't done that yet, and you'd think that Mel would be able to. I'm not concerned about the defensive recruiting. I am concerned about this defensive class. I think that long-term, this is going to look like an outlier if it does stay around this level, just because how could a defensive back not want to play for Mel? Sure, they aren't looking great in the defensive backfield this year, but CU has the history, Mel has the history, and uh, I think that that should be enough. Also, a lot of these defensive linemen are down from Georgia, from Mississippi, from these southern states. And I think that that's going to start to pay off for Mel. Of course, they're still going to be looking at those schools down there first, but they are a lot better than the talent in, the te- in Texas, California, where a lot of Pac-12 schools are pulling recruits from. I think that long-term, the defensive recruiting won't be an issue. It might be this year. Again, though, I mean, they pull in a couple of grad transfers. They can patch things up until the next year. You'd like to get this ball rolling. We'll see what happens. The offensive class makes this, even if the defensive class stays where it is, a good recruiting class for Colorado. If they bring in a Shaw Clayton, it's a great recruiting class for Colorado. If they are able to pull in a defensive recruit, then... There's no reason not to be praising Mel Tucker and what he did in this class. Also worth noting that right now the Buffs have given out pretty close to the same or a pretty similar number of scholarships as they will be gaining next year with uh, players leaving, uh, whether they're seniors, whether it's LaVisca Chenault going to the draft, whether it's, who knows, Katie Nixon, Mustafa, Nate Landman. They're starting to get into that realm where you expect to see some attrition, guys transferring Something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I've started to look into it a little bit. Recruiting is hard. We're getting better. Another room to improve. I know the buffs. I'm working on knowing the future buffs. And the ones that I've seen, the ones at the top of this recruiting list are very exciting. And that starts maybe with Brendan Rice. Brendan Lewis as well. The Brendans. That's going to be a lot of fun for a long time. Uh, I think that that's all of my recruiting takes. I need to get out. But I should also get to Silverbuff's comment. I'm glad my comment could be the main discussion of the pod. I'm glad too, Silverbuff. Keep bringing these good comments. Uh, he also replied to his own comment and said, the Montez good game following a bad game goes back to his first action. I don't think he completed a pass against Michigan. Then he had a career game against Oregon the next week. I can't speak to that, but I'm not surprised to hear it. You know, I will say we're going to get into more of the press conference talk tomorrow, but I will say this. Steven didn't know what the weather was going to be this week. I love that guy. You know, I don't know whether he's like, if I'm an NFL GM, if that's the exact attitude I want, you know, because there are all these different perspectives. And, you know, what the Seahawks, Pete Carroll wants is going to be a lot different than what John Elway wants. Um, It's about finding that fit, obviously. Um, But I can say this. I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't enjoy sitting in a room with Steven Montez. He's, he's funny. He's smart. He, he, but in like a quarterback way, 
Like his jokes are just a little bit cheesy, a little bit dad jokeish, um, and that's going to be the takeaway of a lot of uh, a lot of his press conferences. Just that he has that attitude that I really like. Maybe not as like refined as Peyton Manning has it, but kind of like an early stage of that path. I keep giving him these crazy comparisons. Peyton Manning's personality, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to slow that down. I'm promising I'm working on it, but those are the guys who come to mind. Like, who has a good personality? Peyton Manning. And it's similar in a lot of ways to how Steven is with these little jokes. Okay. Other than uh, him being a 22-year-old blend of Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson, uh, I will say that he has struggled and he's bounced back from the struggles. I never finished that story. The point of the story was he didn't know what the weather was going to be like. He said that he, he hoped that it wasn't going to be bad. Um, then when he was told that it's supposed to be like low forties and rainy or something, he said, well, well, that's great. Um, just, just love that attitude. We'll see if he bounces back. Those conditions aren't going to make it easy. Uh, the type of game may fit well for him just because it will be that high scoring, probably back and forth. I do think Colorado tries to establish the pace, kind of control the game, run the ball because Washington State's been susceptible to the run, and Colorado's been running the ball pretty well. And I think that they will keep improving in that regard because they have a real coach on that offensive line who knows how to coach players. He isn't just sending them out there with a plan. He's teaching them how to become better, and that's why I think that we're going to continue to see growth out of this offensive line, where maybe in the past we've seen them stay pretty stagnant and stay where they are. Um, that's what good coaches do, and that's what you should be expecting to see throughout this roster, and if you aren't seeing it, that's a problem. Do I have any more takes on this? I don't think so. We're going over an hour, and I haven't even cut it together. Um, thanks again for riding with me. Hopefully a couple of you will be at the Avalanche watch party it's going to be a blast. Just got another message from Brandon saying that the uh, the RSVPs are pouring in. It's awesome if you RSVP, by the way, just so we have a bit of a head count. They know what room to put us in. If not, just show up. Um, it's going to be big. Uh, that means we need all the DNVR hands on deck to be out there making sure that everybody's having a good time. And I just hope that there are a bunch of Buffs fans for me to talk to. As much as I like watching the Avs, talking Avs, this is my life now. Um, if not, maybe I'll see you Thursday at our tailgate, uh, before the Bronco game. And if I don't see you Thursday, then maybe I'll see you Saturday here at Blake street tavern for the buffs, Washington state game. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to say a lot about what's going to happen for the rest of this season. Thanks for riding with me. Uh, throw, throw like some stars at me on iTunes. We love reviews. We love subscriptions. Um, and you know, there's anything we can do for you let us know because this is supposed to be a relationship. That's what we're trying to do here. We don't want it just to feel like it's me talking at you for an hour. We want it to feel like this is a community that we're building and we're definitely taking strides for comments. Keep the comments coming. Uh, all right, I'll get out of here. Uh, talk to you later. Bye guys.